everyone, welcome to Bookversations. We're your hosts, Sayed, and I'm Mahmouda. Join us as we have conversations inspired by books. Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Bookversations. This episode's conversation is inspired by The Defining Decade, a personal development book by a clinical psychologist, Dr. Meg Jay, on why your 20s matter and how to make the best of them. So, today's a special episode. We have a special guest. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Olamide. I am working as a software engineer in London. (laughs) Um, And I've been doing this for three and a half years. Um, Yeah. She's really working hard to define her 20s. One of a kind babes, you know. I know. One of a kind babes. (laughs) (laughs) To be emulated, friends. To be emulated. Okay, so, interestingly, I think we both read this book. At what age did you first read this book? I think you recommended it to me. You recommended it to me. down yeah so, so i first read do? it at 21 okay. right after uni so i was 22 i think then and then i've just reread it again <laughs> yeah i can't remember how old i was i think it was in my first job i was like you know so i was probably 20 something as well maybe 22 23 yeah anyway yeah we both we all read it earlier in our 20s so we thought it'd be interesting to come back a couple of years later, three, four years later, in our mid twenties, in our mid twenties, some of us are in our late twenties, literally, <laughs> literally, mid twenties. Okay. Actually, let me just theory is that mid twenties is not just twenty five. So I guess I'm in my mid twenties. So where do you, where do you, where's twenty seven, twenty seven, twenty seven? As yeah. when you clock twenty seven or when you're about to turn twenty eight. Before 28, as yeah. long as before 28. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. okay so I'm still Okay, so the book is divided into three sections. Work, love, the brain, and the body. So we're just going to go through it section by section. So Indeed. let's start with work. What were your takeaways from this section? Let me go first. Your guess. Um, I think for me, my biggest takeaway was the part on identity capital, mm-hmm. which I was saying. I think that's like the biggest part of the book. And the one that... Little details. Resonated. So identity capital is pretty much your... I think she defines it as like your assets that you have with you throughout your life but Mm. it's pretty much just skills and I guess also assets that you can take away from your 20s and they would still be valuable later on so right now you could be working towards like various things and it might not necessarily make sense but like down the line it could actually come together and become a bigger thing so like no skill is wasted wasted. yeah no skill is wasted you can work on like different things and it would all come together I guess uh-huh. at some point uh-huh. I agree I like the part where she was talking about stories and it relates to the identity capital like you have to make sense of the story of why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. so when you're which I think she gave the example when you're applying it's not just about mentioning the skills that you have like create a story that's mm. compelling that's compelling for people mm-hmm. Auntie Swad what were your takeaways from the work section uh, I think I found it quite interesting the work section that was actually my favourite of the three sections okay. because I really really loved the idea of like making the most of your 20s and I mean yes some of the examples is 9 to 5 jobs but there was also the one where like she advised um, or she worked with her client to go on to get this it wasn't was it even an internship the one with the film director where at first uh, it was going to be just her getting coffees but then that was what opened the doors for her to get the role so sometimes mm-hmm. you might be doing like a write an internship and you might not see you might not think you're doing work or you might yeah. not see it going anywhere but if that's a line that you see yourself going into then that might already be you building capital for that job in the future basically um, and I think it's an interesting or an important point or I don't know if it's important but it's an interesting point that she says how you know how 
they say that your brain is always developing and there's like a when you're young there's a critical period where you must develop skills and she says that our 20s are like a critical period that yeah. would shape the rest of our lives and I think it's very interesting mm. but I was also thinking that it's important to not put too much pressure on yourself yeah. um, as someone who has like gone away from some conventional <laughs> routes mm. yeah, yeah, in terms of career, I think it's important to not put too much pressure. I'm like, okay, I'm, great. I'm working this nine-to-five job and maybe I'm not enjoying it. I don't see myself doing this well because I don't want to feel like I've wasted my yeah. two decade, my 20s, then I'm just going to stick to this job and then end up being miserable. I think it's finding the balance and figuring out what it is you want to do. Yeah. I think I also thought about it as like, your 20s should be the time for experimenting. Now, experimenting can go sideways. It can be just you coasting or procrastinating, but experimenting with like, the genuine intention of like trying to figure out the things that you don't want to do and the things that you do, you enjoy doing and kind mm. like amalgamating like all of those skills into like something that you're actually going to want to do. But yeah, it was a it was my favorite part of the book anyway, and I took those are like my major takeaways from it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Touching on the point of when we're saying like oh trying out things and like making commitments, I don't know if you guys remember the part where she was talking about like the jam. Whereby, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like the different choices. Oh, yeah. Six, yeah. Six, like, whenever we're making, like, decisions, sometimes we feel like it's permanent. Mm, Whereas we could try something and, you know, if it doesn't work out, you try something else. Yeah. Like, give it a good um, shot and then you just try something else. And, like, this is, like, even at my workplace, to implement, like, a, a particular team I'm on right now, to implement simple changes... It takes us so long. We just go round and round in circles about the same conversation mm. rather than just trying out something. It's just Is it because there's like a fear of like, well, what if it's not yeah, the solution? Exactly. But then it's fine if it's not the solution because you will to cancel work, right? it out. Yeah. But then I think there's just that thing of, oh, would this work? Will this not work? Why not try it first and see if it would work or not? Mm. Um, so I actually quite like the jam um, theory and just trying out. Yeah. I think it's also like a fear of like feeling like you've wasted time. But I remember reading something on Twitter a few days ago where the, the man was like, the choice might be mistaken, but the choosing is not a mistake because mm-hmm. yes, he made the wrong choice, but now he knows he's made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. He can then go on to choose something better mm. um, but it just reminds me actually one of my dad's friends he literally called me two weeks ago and he was ranting about how they i so i was studying software engineering and i stopped studying and he was like why would i do that and he knows my parents they would never ever quit anything halfway why didn't i just if i didn't like the uni so much why didn't i just transfer to a different uni i mean that was not the reason why I quit. there's so many reasons but it is it was just felt like not finishing something was bad, right? And I had another family friend literally asked me the same question last week. He was like, so when are you going back to go and finish your studies? I was like, I already told you, I'm not going back. <laughs> but then they kept asking. And I think it's people just feel like you have to struggle through something. If you haven't struggled, then you, you haven't proved. Why, why didn't you just finish it? And then you know you're done. But then I just feel like, why be miserable when you already know that it's not working out, it's not the path you want to take and so on? Um, but I think it's a it's a question you have to answer for yourself though it's more yeah. of a personal thing like. but that's an interesting take because I feel like this whole us finding ourselves there's an element of privilege to it that our parents didn't have and I think course. that's why like they struggle to understand it because for them that's why there's that yeah like even beast. my uncle was saying oh back in the days like at this age you'd, you'd have a lot of things that you're responsible for that you wouldn't have to think about that's so true. I think we have a lot of privilege slash luxury and like figuring out what we want to do 
Um, and I think also because our understanding of the world is very vast, we're aware of like different mm-hmm. career paths, we're yeah. aware of like different opportunity. Mm-hmm. That even if you don't stick with a particular career route, it doesn't mean like your whole life is ruined. Mm-hmm. You can like yeah. change and yeah. transition. But I think that's difficult to explain to our parents. <laughs> no, I, I understood that. And I, yeah. I got it. It makes it. I guess it made sense yeah. because it's just when you're their age, you've graduated from you, you need to get a job because nobody's funding you. I mean, nobody's funding you. Or also just the fact that you would then be, have to be thinking about you want to get married or you're thinking about you want to have kids or you have to maybe look after your younger brother or your uncle's cousins. And there's also those uh, things that come with if you're the first son or you're the only daughter and those kind of limits the options or the opportunities that you have to fend for yourself, I guess, or to explore your many options, uh, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But yeah, what was your takeaway? works no i was even going to ask an, another question Ooh. basically the biggest thing that i got from this book is how you need to be intentional about your 20s like you can't be doing dilly dallying like even if you're experimenting <laughs> that word but <laughs> like even if you're experimenting mm-hmm. be aware i think i don't think she mentioned this specifically but like our choices have consequences of course. and i think of course. it was good for me to have read it again at this time mm. because now i'm kind of like thinking, okay, so if I make an X, Y, Z choice, like am I thinking long term? Where does this lead? Where does this lead to? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the question I was going to ask you guys was, did you, when you were teenagers, because I think what this book is useful for is when someone's like in their teen years, did you guys, or even when you were in uni, did you have an idea of how you wanted your twenties to be? That's an interesting question. Because I don't think I, I did. I thought about it briefly. I don't think, think I, I ever thought about, about my twenties. I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> I didn't think about it as a thing. I just thought yeah. like before uni, after uni. I never thought about like, oh, my twenties. I want as a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about after uni. It was just uni, ah. and then the rest of it was just I don't know. It would come when yeah, it's that I time. I just feel like. I would do something when I finish. I had so many vague ideas. I remember in first year, because I was studying chem engineering, first year I was like, mm, maybe I'd work in a petroleum company for five years and I'll go mm-hmm. on into education because that's actually what I really want to do. But uh, uh, petroleum is like a save money, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't really specifically thinking, oh, like, I didn't even, I don't know, I don't think I even thought that much about all oh, shaping my life. Yeah. In, yeah. I, I definitely did that. I, um, I didn't think about it. No, I didn't. I had an awakening in my second year of uni, but on, up until that point, I wasn't really thinking a lot of long term. I had vague goals, but not specific, like, oh, this is what I want to do in the next so and so years. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Because I was yeah. wondering if things are different for people who are like, I want to hit a certain milestone by this age. I want to have done X by this age. Because you know, like, there's some people that I know that are like, mm. same. I they've been like on that. the path for a very long time and they're very deliberate about X, Y, Z. And then there's like, I feel like with me, I'm like, crisscrossing I'm so happy with the path mm. but I just I'm like how different must it must it be for someone who like a medical doctor for example who knows what for so long yeah I think it's different in that sense obviously if you're trying to be a medical doctor that's like more I don't know a more specific or specialized field mm. and you have to like mm-hmm. there's like certain levels to get there but then I do actually know friends that are in uni from like first year of uni they were applying for like internships mm-hmm. um, spring this one, spring that one, summer like this. My brother. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> summer this. I mean, I was just there like, oh I'm just God. coming to first year of university. I'm not here thinking about all of this. <laughs> but then it's, now it's interesting to see how some of them have actually gone 360. Mm. You know, they had all these plans about like one of my friends, for example, she had this plans of, you know, being, becoming an investment banker, do this for a certain number of years and then become fund manager. That, that. Yeah. Like it was. Specific. But now, obviously, she tried it and like it's not for her. And now it's she's finding herself all over again, mm. which is obviously fine. You know, mm-hmm. you're fine. 
But like, so I think people do go through different, even for people that I think that have, that have it planned out, mm. unless you're going down like one of those fields that are quite specialized, a lot of people actually, details. yeah, there will be details yeah. from your plan for sure. Everybody's figuring it out. That's the major lesson. Everybody's figuring it out. We're all figuring out. There's no like clear cut plan. Um, do, was there anything that was interesting to you guys about what she was saying about like social ties, like weak the ties? The strong weak ties. I think I found it quite interesting, in the sense that it is true. Like you guys in the same circle of friends, you tend to know similar people or have like similar connections to an extent but I think for me what I was saying about me being different is just because I feel like because I've lived in different places which meant mm-hmm. that I've met different people and so I don't know if my relationship with a lot of them are strong but I wouldn't say it's weak either and maybe it's just like there's a middle ground but then that also gives you access to like different connections um, and I've also found what she said as in like mention it in passing to like someone that you know mm. and they would connect you to someone else that they know who might be looking for something and it might be that person that would now open doors beyond your expectations yeah. so I don't know I really I found it very interesting I think it's quite true and also reminded me of the benefits of networking even though I don't like networking mm. um, when it's forced or when it's like that's the aim of like a meeting but I think it's it goes a long way just knowing mm. someone or getting to know them having their contacts keeping in touch little by little um, but yeah your thoughts um i i definitely agree on the power of like weak ties mm. because you don't know for example even just linkedin and i think yeah. about this we're like so for example like there's a girl that's currently working at my work and i know in the book she did mention how like you know your weak ties you don't even understand how they can actually become strong ties mm. so this girl starts before she started working at mine she you know she messaged me being like oh i'm starting uh, and digital, my company, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> and, um, you know, oh, what is it like? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she had like so many questions. Like, okay, you know, let's just do a phone call because yeah. it will be easier. We had a phone call, very nice girl. And then, you know, she starts working at my company. Our first week of working, they got her name wrong. <laughs> so she messaged me being like, oh, um, my name has been spelled wrong. I don't know if it's like a. And like for me, I don't know, I took it like so personal. Mm. Like I messaged him, I was like, oh, a name is wrong. Can you make sure it's changed? Can you make sure it's correct on mm. database kind of mm. thing? Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't know her from anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. just be- for that reason that she had reached out to me, mm-hmm. I'd given her advice about like the company. Yes. I be- I became invested. You know what this reminds uh, me of? When someone helps you and yeah. how they would want to continue helping you. Yes. <laughs> I learned that from my boss. I became invested in like in a well-being. Even like her joining my company, you would see us together and you think we've been friends for like forever because we're just always there like just having like our own conversations or like if she has like any random question that she doesn't want to put on like the public group chat, she just messaged me and be like, this is a dumb question, but what? And I think... I think, guess I sort of wish I also had that when I started my company. Mm. Just that one person could actually just go to and be a like, oh, and just, yeah, and just yeah. feel like, you know, someone you can connect to. So, yeah, I think the power of weak ties is definitely yeah. very. Um, and then we found out that we have a, a friend and um, a mutual a friend. Mutual friend. Oh, wow. I don't know if Such she knew we had world. a mutual friend, but we're just talking at the end. She was like, oh, I went to this university. I was like, oh, my friend. And she's like, wait. And then we're like, what? Yeah, it's. um. I don't know. I guess small one world. very small yeah. world. But um, yeah, 
I do think um, people do when someone helps you. I feel like they do get invested in it mm-hmm. and actually want to see you succeed. See your progress. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so true. Mm-hmm. That's what my boss told me as well. He was like, if you want someone to be your mentor, don't ask them straight off to be your mentor. Just ask them a question. Mm-hmm. They get back to you. You implement it or like whatever it is that you've done with it. Go back to them, thank them, and say, "Oh, I've done X, Y, Z," and look at what happens. Like yeah. it's true. Like it actually works. You. you you people people i think sometimes we are, we're afraid to ask because we think oh i don't want to be a burden on xyz mm-hmm. like i'm not I sure believe you should be, see your shots yes <laughs> i swear 2022 inshallah hold me accountable i'm gonna i say that because it transformed my writing so i attended this random workshop last year right it was my first writing workshop in ages and it was just pandemic stuff so at the end of the workshop i went the person that hosted it was like, you guys should join Twitter because um, lots of people post opportunities there, right? And the person that was hosting it was um, Patrice Lawrence. So I just tweeted at her. I was like, oh, thank you so much for the session. It was really good. One of her friends was an author. She's um, she's a Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. So she saw it. She was like, oh, it's nice to see more Muslim emerging writers. If you need anything, let me know. And then, obviously, I took it very seriously because I feel like as adults, if someone tells me, if, I, if you need anything, let me know. They meant it. They thought about it mm. and they meant it. So I messaged her. I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah, sure. So can you help with my synopsis? And she was like, sure, send it to me by email. She had a look at it. She gave me feedback. I worked on it. I sent it back to her. And then since that day, I'm not joking, she has been invested in my life. A lot of wow. the opportunities that have come my way is because she saw it and she sent it to me. She said, oh, this should interest you. Yeah. I would love to commit to mentoring you like full time, but I already have some mentor- mentees and it's a bit busy. But Every time she has literally anything, she sends it to me, she checks in on me, she asks me how things are going, she celebrates my success, no matter how small, but like, it's so interesting how it was just that one, and I didn't know her from anywhere. Yeah. It's, like, even when I didn't tell her something and she finds she's like, why didn't you tell me? I wish you told me. It's so interesting. So I definitely, like, I really agree that Shoot your show or like let people know when you need help. Don't obviously go into someone's inbox. Some people are very entitled and they come into <laughs> your inbox and they're like, Help me do this in it, or you have the excuse and why not? No but it's like Yeah, but it's like say and also some people ramble on, like, oh can we chat for twenty minutes? But it's like about what? Because everybody's busy. Mm. So like be very specific. I need help with this and I feel yeah. like your expertise will match this. So can I have a conversation? about this basically yeah, but yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree it's so important I feel like the right mentors the right people around you in your early 20s makes a difference it does like just even as a sounding board of oh I'm considering XYZ like do you have any advice mm. on this that because foresight. they have a world of experience isn't yeah. it and they've seen other people who've done it and they can also link you to like someone else who might be better to help you I think yeah. mentoring mm. makes a world of a difference I would it say yeah. is there anything else on the work section that stood out to you guys there was a quote that stood out to me. I'm just reading the quote while you look. Um, so there was one that said, shoulds, shoulds, should, <laughs> shoulds can masquerade as high standards or lofty goals, but they're not the same. Goals direct us from the inside, but shoulds are paralyzing judgments well, from the inside. Because I think we were talking about comparison, mm-hmm. about like, I feel like when you're in your 20s, you're really susceptible to comparing yourself with other people, particularly because this generation of social media, you're seeing yeah, what everybody's achieving. You're seeing that's that true. someone is in Dubai this week. I don't know how is in XYZ that week. I do. So, yeah, I think it's important for you to figure out what your metric for happiness and success is. Important. Think, like you were mentioning, the more you try different things, the more you kind of figure out, actually, mm-hmm. this is what brings me joy. This is what... Yeah. yeah actually, that's a good point. I think one thing I was just thinking about in general in terms of the book is just people should know what their definition of success is. Mm. Because in that way, at least you'll know that, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not be thinking, oh, I should be 
doing this. I should be traveling around the world, but mm. look at me. I'm just here stuck in my nine to five. But if you enjoy your nine to five, then what's the problem, right? Um, so just, I really love that quote. It really resonated. Yeah, I would say another thing with that like analogy is, and for me, this is something I said in my Arabic teacher today, I said in Arabic oh. about like um, my goals for like Arabic, that how I feel um, I've spent so many years in Arabic have I actually really spent that much time on it mm. and it's never about spending time on it I've not had goals mm. so it's just been a thing of oh I will know at some point you know I will get there at some point but like I'm not working towards anything mm. and I was like one thing we tend to forget a lot even with language learning I'm sure with even any other thing in life we're looking at the end goal we're looking at oh when I get to mastery we're not looking at mm. what about just the next three months what mm. would that be like um, I like we like the language, like skill or the European skill from A A one to C two. A lot of people are looking at like C two, but what about A one? Like mm-hmm. getting to the end of A one. What about getting to the end of A two or B one or B two? Um, and I was like, for me as well. Obviously, when you have, when you're looking at the end, it's a it's demotivating or it's that one thing you're like, yeah, I'm working on it. I will get there. But if you actually have like little goals and you're able to work towards that regularly then it actually, you know, it would, mot- uh, it would motivate you to do more yeah. and you're actually able to, you know, achieve a lot more. So yeah. I will be trying that for my life. That's a major key right there. <laughs> I feel like if there's one thing that I wish I was more intentional about earlier in my 20s, it would have been like habits or the small goals because mm. I think often you get kind of waylaid by, oh, the big goal, the big goal, the big goal, as opposed to actually foundational wise what are the small things I want to be doing every day like even if like we were were talking about earlier if it's five minutes every day Mm. if it's like ten minutes every day Mm. because those things add up and they make a difference those are the things that do make a difference it really does I don't know if you remember there was one time this blog post was going on I don't know if you were the one that actually sent it to me the one where the guy talks about the difference between systems and goals and how he doesn't James Clare was it him I think so oh yeah oh my god I had a uni And he was talking about how he doesn't set goals because he focuses on the systems that, because they would end up helping you reach that goal. And I found that very interesting because it's the same thing as like habits as well. Those are what the systems are. You build them up and they add up. And if you're saying I'm doing this five minutes every day, before you know it, you've actually reached that goal of like, for example, A1 or A2. But then as long as you're intentional, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not saying don't set goals because I actually like setting goals. I just think be focused on the little things that help you get to the goal and not just look at the goal only as a thing. Mm. And I think the other thing from what you were mentioning, I like the thing with some of some goals, like let's say for example, you've set a goal that you can't shout about. That doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile. Like mm. there are certain goals That's that you can't go point. on LinkedIn or Instagram and be shouting about. That's like go, you point. can't publicize it. Mm. But it doesn't mean like in your own like, privacy it shouldn't be worthwhile or matter to that's you that's a good point that's what i would say if like, i say like i want to cut down smoking well. for example um and i don't want to share no for example <laughs> right and i don't want to share it with anyone because i know somebody who i was in a group a few days ago and he was talking about how his goal is to cut out smoking because he picked it up when he was very stressed it was a coping mechanism mm. but i mean it's the thing where he was like he feels alone in the goal mm. maybe there probably would be support groups for it but then in the sense of not being able to shout about it but if you're working on that goal and you're able to cut it down in the way that you want to cut it down then I feel like it's fine yeah. right? maybe get yourself a reward treat yourself something right and just celebrate it in your own little way maybe just tell one friend mm-hmm. or to someone who like understands what the journey or the struggle means t- to you um, it doesn't matter if like 20 people don't like it on mm. social media it's still a valid goal as yeah. Mahmouda said 
So, yeah, that's a um, very good point, actually. Celebrating the little wins, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're in therapy because you want to be a better person. It's a good one. Like, jogging. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daily basis. Yeah. Like, those things. Well, is a health group. I know, like, like our residents. Team <laughs> I go to her for advice on, like, how to keep fit. She holds me accountable, keeps me grounded. Oh, Too many things. Do you know, I was talking to my sister about actually my running today. I guess I'm gonna brag a bit, but basically by the end of it's this all right, year, brag. <laughs> oh, you know, in the effort. But by the end of this year, I've done like 215 runs, wow. which is more than half of the year. It is, more and than I was half telling my sister, year, my God, this Man. year when I started taking my running more serious, I started I think fourth week in January, mm. and you know I started with like one run, and I was like, okay, you know what? Actually, I want to run every day. That was a bit crazy, but my run every day was actually not to do like 10 miles every day. It was just to wake up and do. A mile every day mm. and that started very small before i knew it, i had run for like 100 days but then i had to stop because i was like okay i want to do this long term <laughs> i need to protect my knees yeah. but found a way to keep four to five days running consistent throughout the year wow. which is this has been my best year of running yet yeah. and i'm like <laughs> thank you guys well pretty much it started so off with like i am so very proud little, i feel like a proud mom wanting so to do proud. like one mile every yeah. day and then you know that just building up so yeah Start yeah. small, guys. And I feel like also that's the thing about your career as well. You know, like when you're at work, I don't know. Okay, I'll ask you guys mm. after this what your biggest lessons have been from like your work in terms mm. of like progression, what you, you wish you did differently, what you did do that you're proud of. But I think like even at work, you learn like small lessons that you kind of like take away. Mm. But what you were saying about like consistency, mm. it's noting things down. And I think it's that reflection as well. Like you have to be aware of like okay what's going right what do i enjoy how can i adjust like mm. don't be afraid to course correct like you course correct yeah. like, okay, <laughs> my knees exactly like don't be afraid to course correct if you're like okay this is too much i can adjust it a little bit mm. so it's like you're making changes you're moving forward you're making changes you're moving exactly. forward yeah like that's that's, that's the that's the that's the way to go it so yeah what's been like the best things that you think you've done in your early 20s as far as work is concerned Ooh. Mad. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, oh, no, you you go go first. <laughs> for me, it's definitely taking my job. Um, when I got like this job, I actually had another offer, which was for like a more, um, a bigger company. Yeah. My work felt more like a startup and I was going for a tech role, which yeah. I did not study. I also studied chemical engineering. Yeah. Um, but I felt like this would give me more opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was like literally three weeks after exams, I started a job, I still felt it would be a good opportunity to learn. <laughs> and at that point, my thinking was, oh, if it doesn't go well, I'll leave after six months and it would just be like I just took a six month break <laughs> after <laughs> after exams <laughs> and then get another one <laughs> and then get another job. Uh, Look at you but now. yeah, three and a half years. Mashallah. That would be my um yeah. I'm so proud. She's done big things. Oh, as a, she's a top employee. Achiever. Top employee. Boost yourself. Boost yourself. That's what I like. I feel like us women, we don't really we don't really like brag about the I things know, that we right? do. Know, so we right? need to be, you know, like yeah. Okay, shoulder. <laughs> oh yeah. god oh but me oh, what's the question what what's the thing that you've done in your career that you're like no, I'm that proud you, you of. did really well yeah um, in your early I would say just choosing me mm-hmm. that would be my that would be mine yeah spin it 
<laughs> it's, just, it's been very interesting because I have one million interests, as you guys know. <laughs> I'm interested in a million things, but I think I've allowed myself the opportunity to try stuff out and mm. just check and just choose like what I want to do. And I think also consistency. Like writing, obviously, I'd, it wasn't like I woke up this morning and said, oh, I'm going to write. So I wish my, <sighs> I told my parents, I was quitting self-engineering and going, focusing on writing. It was for them like, oh, well, what do you mean writing? But I'd been writing consistently since like 2017. Um, so I think consistency, but also like not being afraid to just say this thing doesn't serve me anymore when I'm mm. going to do this something else. That's for me. How about you? Uh, oh, you've like asked the question. <laughs> 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 um, I think learning to speak up more or just like, I definitely think I have a different level of co- confidence and conviction than like before I started work. I think work because you're thrown into the deep end at different stuff yeah. that you kind of like it's like swim or drown really mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy it's so exactly exactly like you you learn your different strengths and then I think also just yeah like being aware of what I enjoy it, in, in work and not being afraid to course great or, or adjust mm. like my, in my first job I realised I actually really love like fast paced environment because it just suits like my mm-hmm. bam bam bam. So yeah, then I switched to somewhere where it was like really more intense. And now I'm like course corrected again. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's like it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'm continuing on that path of being. But um, on the other hand, it's not regret. I hate framing stuff as regret. Mm. But like, what would you have done in addition? Let's say in your early twenties that like, you'd like. If someone was listening to this podcast now and they're like twenty twenty one, what would you tell them? Okay keep it in mind mm. be aware of <laughs> well actually my own mine would just be that just be aware that people will always have something to say regard i think the reason i was reflecting on why i didn't go for writing earlier when i knew that writing was what i was going to do and i think at the back of my mind i was kind of worried about how my parents were going to take it and it came a point where i was like they've lived their lives they've enjoyed their 20s and whatever if they didn't enjoy it sorry but personal problems <laughs> But this is my chance to live my own life and enjoy my twins. And I wish I had done that earlier. Um, Mm. So that would be some. I would just say that people have lived their lives or people are living their lives. And at the end of the day, you're the one that has to live with that decision that you make for yourself. So I wish I had just done that earlier. That would be mine, actually. I'm not quite sure what I've done differently. But I think, thinking back to my first day of work or first week of work, there was a lot of, um, what do people call it, um... I don't remember the terminology. But basically, I felt like a fraud mm. because... Is it imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome, that's it. Mm. Because um, I had done... Once again, I did chemical engineering. I hadn't done much on software engineering. You know, um, we had like a boot camp where we had like a challenge to do. People were throwing all these terminologies around. I had zero idea. I was like, oh, this is not what I've learned. Ah. <laughs> this is not what I've done. Um mm. And for me, that was actually really difficult because I couldn't find also anyone that was on the same level as me. Yeah. Every other person like in my boot camp had come from like a computer science background or maybe people that I'd worked for like a year. So I felt very stuck like, oh my God, they're going to fire me <laughs> before mm-hmm. I even start. They're going to realize that I just wiggled my way in. But then that actually wasn't the case. They just, it was a place to learn. Like, yeah. And I think one thing I probably didn't realize was obviously like for these people to have gotten to this level they've spent hours on it like it didn't just happen overnight Mm -hmm. i need to put in the time as well to be able to get to that level and i think that's probably an advice 
I give to myself now, things I just say, even when I'm speaking to people, I don't really believe like anything is rocket science per se. It just means I just haven't spent time on it. Mm-hmm. I do think if I spend time on it, you know, I'll get to a good level at it and yeah. like I can keep getting better at it. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably just something to, um, yeah. If you're going into anything, it just means you don't know it yet, but you can still learn it. Yeah, I agree. Another major key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As in, she's here it's for like, gems. It's a, it's a fact of life. It's a fact of life. I always say, now, I don't ask if, I just ask when. Because yeah. it's a matter of, like, I, will I uh. prioritize and give it the time that it deserves, or is it mm. not, like, my priority? Mm. But I think often, like, early on, you, you like, self-judge or you're like oh yeah like can i do this is it something i can learn but it's true because you see in other areas of your life that if you put enough time to something Mm. you like literally it's impossible for you to spend let's say 20 minutes on something every day and not have learned anything i agree it's impossible yeah so yeah that's that's the major key Ooh, i love it something in the book around like um your life shouldn't be defined about what you don't want Mm. but rather like what being clear about what you do want because Mm. i think earlier on maybe perhaps it was it was more like maybe second year third year of uni that was like okay i don't want to do account of finance i don't want to do account of finance and i think i kind of like blocked myself off for like a period of time from like what do i actually want or like i knew what i want but i wasn't like pursuing it with the same kind of like fervor that I would have otherwise pursued away at this point. And then also, now that I think about it, I just think experimenting with different stuff. Because as you get older, you you, div- you learn different things about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, experimenting with different stuff. But all that, all of that comes together. That's good. You learn. I think honestly, the biggest lesson is like, take what you learn and implement it like don't mm. like there's don't this phrase dwell. that i like you paid a lot for your <laughs> not education wise like um there's a woman called yala van Zandt. she's like you paid a lot for your spiritual lessons don't repeat the same mistakes mm. That's and i genuinely believe that, that in other sense of the world point, like yeah. you paid a lot for certain lessons in life just yeah don't don't be Make notes or take um, notes, yeah. yeah the same thing so let's move on to love unless there's anything else that you guys want to address for work no okay no. let's talk about love Let's talk about love. Like, <laughs> I wanna ask. How many of you are single? How many of you are single? How many married? <laughs> I wonder why you ask asking <laughs> questions you know the answer to. We we'll know your situations. <laughs> oh God, I'm a single lady. All <laughs> oh, the single ladies. I'm also very single. <laughs> Maybe their potentials on this one. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> oh God! I'm a single oh lady looking to be romanced and taken care of. Just specify your you who you're emailing about. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't be sent into the email. Oh God! Well, I'm okay. respect, so just saying. I'm saying yes, you for it. No respect, okay? No respect. Can you be in yourselves? Oh right. Days. Okay. Let's talk about what she. What did you guys take away from the love section? Don't ask me. About? You guys should go first. Why? I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask the last. Okay. Is it because you have controversial opinion? No, just ask. <laughs> just. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I think my biggest takeaway was she said we seem to believe relationships are completely out of our control, mm. whereas carry on the other hand, we can plan for it. Oh, I loved that section. And actually. I think that was probably something I, I realized more when I actually first read this book, because for me, relationship has always been that thing of. 
oh yeah, like, I don't know, someone would approach me, mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything, it would come mm-hmm. um, it when it's time. Whereas, yeah, exactly, you actually have to be intentional about it and yeah. want it. So, I, yeah, I think someone, that Where's someone that's approaching? What? No, <laughs> but when, yeah. when we were younger, yeah. no, I'm not saying in general, where did they live? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they live. Hollywood. I don't know. That was my vision as well. We would bump into each other. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> so even now, I'm like, we at the bookshop. Who wants to do what? Why can't just God send the right person? We'll just jump each other. I'm just going to Oh my dear. I'm not joking. I'm so averse to. Oh yeah, no, but that was also me. a point. I that was that would have been what I would have said as well. I think it was so important that she kept emphasizing that relationships need work, right? Mm. Even when she talked about the part on cohabitation, it was just a thing of people still. There was the idea of I can easily leave, right, without being tired, and you should not go into. Well, in my opinion, she didn't go into a relationship with the idea of you can easily leave. Mm. Like, are you willing to want to like put in the work and mm. the. And just do what it takes for you guys to try to make the relationship work. That was kind of, that was my major takeaway. Yeah. And also reassessing what's important to you. I think there was a Mm. client that she had that was complaining about, oh, my boyfriend doesn't buy me flowers or something. Mm. He buys me lilies, like those are particular flowers. And I think that thing of focusing on the wrong things and not thinking about what's important. Like Mm. you have to be very clear of what allows, what sustains a family in the long run, like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, Mm. are certain things going to matter. Oh, I'm stopping myself. (laughs) <laughs> this height issue. from now Oh my god! That was a sign <laughs> from God <laughs> to you, my mother. Is it going to matter in twenty years? Oh, so hard. Sorry, why are you so? No, but I'm. I think I'm a I'm little bit better. Okay, okay. my point. <laughs> Did you say you're better? <laughs> I'll ignore <laughs> that. But anyway, that thing of don't get oh carried away by you know, the things that are not mm. important or, you, no, you know, X, Y, Z, this happens in X, Y, Z's marriage, therefore, this will be what will work mm. in here as well. Because I think mm. in the story, the, the um, it was when she got sick that she yeah. realised, actually, this man, was like, his love language yeah. was act of service, like, he was by her side all the time. Mm. Her friend sent her flowers, like, those two things yeah. don't equate. Mm. Oh, well, they're both nice things. But, like, yeah. just realising, oh, this is someone that I can envision, Depend yeah, on. having, mm-hmm. having, yeah, mm. a family a family with yeah I don't think the cohabitation section really applied to us um no (laughs) (laughs) our circumstances are different yeah basically but it was an interesting section to read I guess the other thing is about how our beliefs affect who we choose as partners so Mm. remember the girl that was like her self-esteem let's say oh yeah yeah. was at rock bottom which meant that she was was below rock bottom yeah she was making um decisions that weren't Mm. yeah but what's kind of like your approach to What's your philosophy about mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. and relationships and marriage? In what sense? In I mean, I just... Oh, God. Why are you <laughs> my question? <laughs> Why didn't you just ask that mm-hmm. directly, is it? But I don't know. My philosophy <laughs> is that you find him when you find him in it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work. I always tell people, oh, I'm ready and I'm looking and so on. It's mm-hmm. just the right person hasn't mm-hmm. come my way. That's what it is. But I just personally genuinely just think that relationships are intentional stuff that you need to do i think also that it's you also have to do the work in terms of looking for someone if you mm. if you if it's what you want you need to be actively like look, trying to put yourself in places mm. or looking for someone mm. or telling people just make people aware that you're actually looking for mm. someone and also i think that in terms of relationship it's a very unique like each relationship you're in is unique between you and the person yeah like 
other people's relationship is not a mirror or like a thing that you should use to measure what progress or success means mm. for you in your personal relationship and somebody as you said like somebody whose boyfriend buy them gifts maybe maybe her love language receiving gift or that's how he shows love doesn't mean that and your boyfriend doesn't buy you a gift doesn't mm. mean that your relationship is failing right mm. and sometimes I think it's communication like so many I was I attended a few workshops a lot I've attended about like love and marriage and like and there's always the constant conversation about like how effective communication is so important mm. but how little we do it mm. like you just expect your partner or your spouse to be a mind reader or this person did this thing or this person didn't do this thing and they should know that I'm upset and they should know why I'm upset and yeah. that then becomes a very big deal in your head and it's just so unnecessary but anyways in general my philosophy is just intentionality and always obviously having God at the center of your relationship and don't be selfish I think it's very easy to be selfish in a relationship um, yeah. Also, um, no, I was gonna say she also mentions like doing something later does not necessarily mean um, you're doing it better. Yes, like, it's true. Um, and I think for me, probably the first time I read this book again, like something like marriage for me was like way at the back of my mind. Mm. Not something I thought about. I was like, yeah, it would happen later. It would happen later. I didn't really have a plan towards it, but then. I feel like if it happens, like, you know, for some people, I think, you know, you might find someone that loves you and like you love the person too, but you might feel like you're too young to settle down down, and then you push it away. And then, you know, later on down the line, you start thinking, oh, why didn't I actually do it then? Um, So I think, yeah, if you do have the opportunity and it's, you know, yeah, yeah, you can go for it, I guess. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because I think it is possible to like grow in love as well, and Absolutely. I think sometimes I you agree. discount that. Yeah, like you can grow together as long as. Because she was talking about using personality mm. as a um, to find out whether you're compatible. There's mm. like the five: is it extraversion? Oh yeah, yeah. Conscientiousness, all of those things. Like mm. just kind of find out if you're compatible, mm. and then once you've got the the major thing that you need out of the way, then the rest like you can um, you can figure it out. You can figure it out. I agree with both of you. I think when when it feels right, it feels right. I think you have to... That point that she was making, that just because it's later doesn't mean it's better. Because I think sometimes they're like, oh, I'll do it later because, you know... You're like, more I'm mature. Yeah, I'm more mature. <laughs> I have no knowledge of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of those things. So, yeah, there's worthwhile. But I also do think in the meantime, while you're waiting, it's important to be working on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So because absolutely. marriage takes two to tango. It does. And a lot give us people who will be in that tango properly. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I do think marriage is so, like it affects so much of how you live the later part of your lives that it's not, it's not a decision that you can just close your eyes and walk into. Yeah. So in your waiting period, like you do have to be doing, work. Yeah, doing, the, doing the self-work and absolutely. making the app, asking Allah for his help. Absolutely. All that stuff. Anything else that you guys want to talk about? Love? Is it on work? Oh, love. No, yeah. the other part I liked about it was when she talked about, oh, um, growing up, you don't get to choose your families. Oh, I oh, love that. You I get to choose that. your family. Really Marriage good. gives you a second chance yes. to choose your family. I think for me, that actually quite stood out. Most yeah. especially for like someone, you know, if you come from like a background or like a family where it's mm. not so stable, mm-hmm. it's actually your second chance at, you know, choosing someone 
you want to spend time with yeah. as yeah. Much, yeah. and his family as well because yeah. the family does matter yeah. if they're does. quite present yeah. in their lives and so people you actually want to spend time with so um, yeah I quite like that I love that too I really love that section yeah. as well actually that's why yeah. I love um, you know the show that was mentioned earlier The Return of the Superman because I feel like the Park family is like the husband and the wife are so suited to each other mm. like their approach to life like oh god y'all I'm just so yeah it is true you do get to choose what kind of life do i want to lead yeah, what kind of family one, do yeah. i want to have like how do i want to live my life like it's like i think it's it's beautiful and energizing when you think about it yeah. that way yeah makes you excited excited for things yeah. to come I'm very excited for the guy that's going to remind me I'm sorry, there's no should be. But yeah, moving. Right, okay, so now we're on to the last section, which is the brain and the body. Um, and one of the things that I think she kind of mentions is how our 20s, our brain is very elastic, so we should make use of that time because after a particular age... It becomes plastic. And behavior, <laughs> yeah, behavior gets a little bit... It's not that you can't... It, your brain will forever be plastic, but it's just mm. the level or the pace at which it is is, mm-hmm. is slightly different. So, yeah, what did you guys take away from that section? Any huge light bulb moment mm. as you are reading? Oh, yeah, she talks about how, like, um, you can't control every situation, mm. but you can control how you react to them. Yes. And I think that's like super important. Um, something I also try and practice. Mm. My brother, if you're ever <laughs> listening to this, <laughs> you said <laughs> <a> message. <laughs> if you're ever listening to this, <laughs> oh, I remember when I was younger, like if it does something, I'm like already shouting. But like these days, I'm just like, you know what? Is it actually worth shouting over? How do I deal with this? And she was obviously relating to like, for example, work context whereby like you know if your boss is being if you have like a really bad boss and like they're being mean to you mm. just what you know you can handle it better basically and yeah how do you get about that yeah that's an important one i feel like i learned that very early when i took a gap year and i was working because you realize you're working with different personalities and sometimes like people come into work and they're on different emotions i had a boss like when she was walking everybody would be getting heart palpitations because she was like wow wow <laughs> but honestly like you you do learn to manage people without absorbing their issues mm. you're like yeah interact with people or interact with situations it's an important skill like, to the have whole world is dying. it's yeah. an important skill to have like, oh my god there's nothing i can do about this so what's the solution is my approach yeah. Mrs. Swad, what? what were your takeaways? Don't know. I think that was my takeaway. That was also your takeaways. No, just in general, the no one of them was just to continue learning and like life doesn't. Yes, your twenties are defining, but like life doesn't stop at twenties. You should continue like working on yourself and implementing stuff. Yeah. Um, and maybe the inverse that I took away was even if you feel like your twenties didn't go the way that you wanted it to go mm. it's not too late to start you can start today you can start tomorrow just be in, again intentional in how you're doing things because even though this i mean the research did say that older people can still learn new things yeah. or like mm. develop new skills so like even if you were to start at age 31 it's not the end of the world yeah. just take lessons from the 20s or the things that you wish you'd done differently and just start creating the life that you want for yourself um mm. is what i took away from it yep she also talks about like fixed and group mindset. Yes. Oh, I love that. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we also we already covered this sort of when I was just like you know, if you don't know something yet, yeah, you can uh, yeah, learn yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas a fixed mindset is oh, I don't know this. I'm, I'm never going to know this. Yeah. 
Whereas with a growth mindset, it just means you know you can get better and you're just working towards it. Mm. You're being open to learning. Basically. On that note, actually, recommending um, what's that book called? Mindset by Carol Dweck, yeah. where she yeah. does talk about the fixed and growth mindset. In depth. Yeah. What did you take away from Brain and Body? She's ready to go into That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> She's ready to do the maths. <laughs> 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 Is that your takeaway? Time lines. <laughs> 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 no, there's different sides. There's different sides to it. There was okay. the fertility aspect, but then there was the more general timeline that she was like, say, work from, like, mm, work backwards. Quite. Think about, oh, I want to have X, Y, Z. And then work backwards and see is it realistic within yeah. like particular timelines, which mm. I think is useful because sometimes you're in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm going to do five, ten things, mm. and in your mind it all makes sense. But then when you actually write it down, you're like, okay, so let's be rearranging certain mm. things. Like, mm. where is this going to fit? Um, That's a good point. Yeah, but something that we don't speak about a lot is fertility for women God. and age periods. <laughs> oh, dun, God. Dun, dun. Oh, God. All <laughs> right, you go first. First of all, before reading this book, did you know about the age period that you should be aware of? Yeah. I, I did it. I did. I, didn't, I think I just did it because it was just a com- it was a conversation that was constantly going yeah. on oh. around me of aunties saying like you need to do this and I wish I did this earlier because when you're at thirty five it's hard it's hard oh. so it's I think it's always constantly been a conversation okay. and even though those aunties would be saying it in a sn- with a snide way like oh what are you waiting for and mm-hmm. by the time you're thirty five you find it hard it was just I guess just aware of it okay. basically That's oh I didn't know for me it was like a revelation when I was reading the book. That's interesting. Let me, let me note this down. <laughs> no, but some people might not be aware just about how difficult. I mean, you might think, yeah, yeah, when it's thirty-five, it's hard. But just how difficult it is, mm. and when you actually, when you actually want it, if it's something that you want to have a child, yeah, and um, then it's something to think about, like when you actually want to start achieving it. If you want a biological child, I mean, mm. um, I think it's something that you have to be very conscious about about how just how difficult it is for some people, even in their twenties. So imagine yeah. then how much more difficult it, w- it could be in your thirties. Um, but you can go further in, into the timeline conversation. No, that was pretty much it. Because she was saying, um, like, fertility peaks for women are in the... Pers- oh, yeah, no. Fertility peaks for women in late 20s. So mm. after that, like, each as each year goes, it um, kind of progressively so be, yeah, reduces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's good to be aware of the knowledge and then, mm-hmm. like... As we say, Allah just is like the ultimate. Mm. Yeah, like whatever is destined is destined. But yeah, just being aware of the information because, like I said, I didn't. I actually didn't know before I read the book. No, no, yeah. yeah. I think for me, first time I read the book as well, I was doing the maths. I was like, oh, I want two kids doing yeah. the maths. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want them three years apart. But I want to be done having kids by thirty-five. Yeah. I started going back. I started going back. I was like, oh. But then, obviously, I need to be married. Mm. And then I need to, we need to have been together for at least a year. Yeah. Start having kids. And then before we get That's married, like, a year to plan the wedding. We need to have known each other for maybe at least a year. Like, yeah. literally. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I need to marry <laughs> <laughs> But now we can reduce the timeline between the kids, you know. It can yeah. be two years. <laughs> we can see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's worth thinking about, though. Definitely. I Especially if it's something that you want for yourself mm. to start thinking about the possibilities and if you're taking it seriously, if you're doing the work you need to do to find someone. Yeah. It's important. I think, no, I was just thinking like motherhood in general, it's not something that you should just do because society expects you to do uh. it. Because it's like, I think... Don't let aunties tell yeah, like, you have like, to have a baby if you don't want, you if you don't, Let's say you don't want to be a mother or you don't want to have like more than X, Y, Z kids. Don't 
you're forced to do it because the responsibility is on you. You're the one. Those children's lives are on you. So, like, yeah. obviously, make dua about all of it, but. Mm-hmm. As we said earlier, intentional. Yeah, I agree. Mother should never be something you go into just because someone is going to pressure you. You have, to, I think, it's you have to want it because it's a lot of work. It's a full time job, mm. and it's a full time job that stays forever. Like that, you will still always be concerned and worried about your children. You're mm. still they're always going to be like your priority and something that matters to you. Yeah. So just make sure you're doing it because you want to, not because of somebody. Yeah somebody out there um, people may come from my head but please it's not by force seriously it's actually just it's not by force to have children yeah um, that's what yeah. i say and that should be normalized to be honest I, th- I agree i think so too there's a i remember somebody did a poll on on i don't know it was instagram or twitter asking mothers like in if you regret having kids Oh, yeah. Because she's trying to do a survey, like, let mm. me know. People were attacking her for having the audacity to ask that question. Mm. Because oh, wow. motherhood is a blessing. How dare you say that there are people that would regret it? What are you trying to insinuate? But there were people who said they mm. regretted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, no, what kind of mother does that make you then if you're regretting having children and so on? But it is what it is, literally. Yeah. I think, yeah, it might also just have been maybe at the time when they had mm. um, the kids. I don't know what they what kind of pregnancy they went through. There are like so many things that so could that yeah, that could count towards that. So yeah, it's not easy by any mm. by any chance at all. Um have you guys read the book? Um uh, This is gonna hurt. Oh this will hurt. The one with Adam by Adam K. And we finished it. It talks like this there's this is going to hurt. Is oh. it this is going yeah. And like it was oh this there's a point where it was like stationed on like um the maternity like ward. And like when it's just talking about like childbirth and everything, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> do I want to do this? <laughs> but um, yeah, it is a big commitment to have it a child. Is. I mean, there are people who've always like dreamed of like when they're pregnant and what they'll mm. do and so mm. on. Whereas the people that never ever think about that stuff, and I think yeah. it's it's okay as well. And um, some people might be upset for its life, given validity to both experiences. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but people feel like the the only the worth of a woman is to have kids, and if she doesn't have kids, it's like because you you have two women. If one is married and doesn't have kids, and one is married and has kids, the one that has kids will be given a bit more respect and treated in a certain way compared to the one who doesn't have kids. Unfortunately, in some cultures, yeah. Um. Oh, on the subject about um, controlling your, you you can't necessarily control all your environment. You can react. There was actually a sentence in the book that says, and I want to get your reaction on it. 20-something, and this is under the brain and body, because she said the the environments that we're in in our early 20s shapes uh, our frontal lobe and our brain, etc. So it says 20-somethings who don't feel anxious and incompetent at work are usually overconfident or underemployed. Why must I feel anxious and incompetent or alone? What do you think? I think what I think they're trying to get out of it is yeah. when you first start work, if you know everything you're doing then you are like under I don't know what's the I underemployed underemployed I no I get that but I don't I don't know if I need to feel anxious and incompetent all the time maybe it's just I don't like the choice of maybe words maybe it's the yes okay. choice I of words the choice yeah. of words choice of words yes <laughs> I should be feeling incompetent every day I don't like the choice of words at all no I'm not saying I know I have something to learn every day I don't go yeah. And that's why I want well, I, I want to work because I want mm. something that's challenging to me. Even in writing, mm. I know I have something to learn and I'm going to spend my time learning it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to be anxious every day about all of the things I don't know because anx- anxiety is crippling. And when you're anxious all the time about all the things you don't know, mm. then you might yeah. even become too scared to want to even try anything mm. because you're like, I don't know anything in the first. Like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a choice of words. Um, but, yeah. 
But I also feel unless you've been through that process of, I don't know, being in a state of not knowing what to do and then, you know, figuring out later on. Yeah. You would still have that anxiety because yeah. like you, um, I don't know, in like schools and like everything, we don't necessarily think about, I don't know, for me, school was the way I went to school. It was either you knew or you did not. There was no like, <laughs> or the people that had the science brain. Yeah. Or people that like had their heart, um, the arts brain. Like there was no like, oh, you know, if you were really interested in it, you could do it. Yeah. So it wasn't actually much of a thing until like, I guess for me, probably like in uni and mm. when I had like part-time jobs and, you know, you expect part-time jobs to be easy, but like you're formulated, like uh. little things and you're like, oh, I just got to learn them. So yeah, unless you've been through that process, I think you would feel some form of anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I think perhaps poor choice of words, but there is something to be said about when you are in particular jobs. I would say it as you, if you're not learning anything new. Mm. Yeah. Then maybe you should be thinking about. Or if you don't you feel be. uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Then that's you're not <laughs> in the right place. Yeah. Mm. You need to. You need to feel a slight discomfort at times. Mm. Like, yeah. I agree. I need to this, up this my game a bit. Yeah. Exactly. Stretching. Mm-hmm. That's the word we're mm-hmm. looking for. <laughs> yeah. Discomfort. <laughs> stretching. You don't feel stretched. Like, you don't feel stretched and extended. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I feel like ripping my hair out because oh my god, it feels like it's a lot to do. But I would not say that. But I still don't think of myself as incompetent. I just feel like, oh, it's just because I don't know it or I don't have the skill or I don't do it. But the term incompetent is wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a very strong word. <laughs> Riley Ho, to wrap up, any final thoughts, words, words of wisdom on how people should make their 20s matter? Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. <laughs> to be fair, do that. <laughs> so you should meditate. <laughs> But most importantly, I think build on your identity capital mm-hmm. and make some 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 sort of plan. Like time will go by, yep. you know, before you know. It's like to be honest, this year has gone by pretty quickly. At least even for me, yes, time will go by if you don't make any plans. It's just gonna keep going, mm. and you're not increasing in any form of knowledge. So make sure you're getting something out of what you're putting or how you're putting yourself out there. So yes, yeah. yeah. I agree. I have nothing else to add to that. Let <laughs> <laughs> with the gems, guys. That was, that was a succinct summary. Honestly, I think I don't know what it is. Honestly, I feel like the older that I get, the faster time flies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the process. Be grateful. Honestly, okay, actually, no. Let me give one final advice. Okay, go on. Journal. Ooh. Because yeah, it I gives agree. you an appreciation for your life when you're journaling, mm. and it also means you're aware of the things that you're learning. It reflects. Mm. It means that you're yeah, like you are that. Honestly, actually, yeah, that's where I'm gonna end it. Journal, okay. journal, journal, journal. Um, I agree. Do you guys journal every day? I do now. I honestly, yeah. do. I mean, I have one or two days where I miss it, but I normally try to a lot force myself to do one line at least, just one line. And it depends. Sometimes it's a bit longer. Sometimes if I can't be asked to write, then I'll do audio journal. But I try um, to make sure I'm doing it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Yeah, I think I for too. me, maybe it's the idea of journaling. It feels like, oh, I have to write like so many words. No. I think deeply. And I actually tried for some time, but then I stopped. And then I started like doing like, you yeah, know, in my... Um, daily whatever I have like a daily planner mm. so like in the notes section on some days I just try to capture 
how I'm feeling and you know just yeah and sometimes you find yourself flicking through it and that's the thing about yeah. journaling I mean I didn't think I'd been intentional as I, I used to be this year at all but before I would do like a every month I'd read the past month and like every quarter I'd go through like skim through the past same quarter to see like what mistakes did I make consistently and what can I do to not make the same mistakes and all of those like mm. little yeah. things were interesting I started using an online journal when I was in sex form and I don't think wow. I fully grasped how much life has changed until mm. I was reading some of the earlier and I was like who was this? <laughs> like you realize sometimes some of the ridiculous <laughs> things that you could write. Wow. <laughs> what was I writing? <laughs> but the way that I kind of like write my journal is like almost like a conversation with myself. Like yeah. sometimes I'll read it back. You know when I finished reading um, Woman at Point Zero, mm-hmm. when I look back at the review that I wrote in my journal to myself, it would ne- no one would ever read it, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that. Sometimes, I, yeah, when I used to journal, I'd be like, why am I writing this stuff? I'm like, you know, it's just for me. For Maybe you, when exactly. I'm grown no and old and I'm reading through this, I'm and like, then you love it yourself. Wow, mm-hmm. so yeah. young. Exactly. It just allows you to remember your days. So, yeah, yeah. that's good. What's the what's the latest book that you guys are reading? Um, I can go first. I'm I started reading the Body Keeps School yep. Keeps the School, but I actually haven't gone very far because I was also reading this book, <laughs> um, and I'm also reading uh, On and Off. There's this book oh, I forgot what it's called. Something about stress by Susan Sontag. Okay. Um, it's just essays. She writes lots of essays, so it's just uh, essays. This this one is specifically I think reflections on reading and authors and literature. Yeah. Um, and she writes really well, so it's going well so far. Still haven't finished the poetry I was reading last time. Mm. So, oh yeah, I just I think this this month I've not been has not been a good reading re- month for me in general. But that's all right. And it was fine. Oh my god, you've already read eighty books this month. <laughs> yeah, I don't think oh, you wow. read anymore. <laughs> no, but you've you got the process. How many books are I read in a week? I mean, <laughs> depends. I have good moments 80. where I can literally like just go through like four books, and then sometimes I just have a slump. Four books in a week. Yeah, because wow. I'm always reading like two in a at the week? same time. It depends. No wonder, because I was trying to do the math. I was like, yeah, there's no. It depends. My way to say, yeah. I have not finished. Because <laughs> yeah. one of them would be like my bedtime read, right? And I normally wow. don't fall asleep quickly, so I'd be doing at least two hours on that one. Um, or no one hour, that. one hour, 30 minutes. And then I have the one that I would read. I miss commuting because when I used to commute, yeah. I would read and that would mm. be my... And also because I don't I don't watch stuff. I'm, I don't consume a lot of like audio. Yeah. That's the, my first go-to is to pick up a book. I think yeah. that's also why I get to read a lot as well. Yeah. Nice, nice. Lucky. What are you reading? Why are you coming to me? <laughs> I'm like not much of a reader, but I borrowed If I Had Your Face From So Hard which is about like social class in Korea and like three women trying to find their way to the top sort of, um, which is quite interesting because I consume a lot of Korean content. So it's good to see it in writing actually. Shout out to Korea. Shout out. They're doing bits. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing doing bits. I actually just finished this yesterday. So actually I finished two books today. Oh. No, no, no. Okay, no. One of them I'd been reading for a long time, but it was just it was annoying me. But I needed to finish it. So I finished it today when I was coming. Um but the one that I finished yesterday is called Inferno, a memoir of motherhood and madness by Catherine Cho. Oh, she's actually Korean American. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's about like she experienced postpartum psychosis after she had a child. But um, it took me a while to get into it, but it was really, really well written. Yeah. And I just even though it's about like postpartum psychosis what I really love the most is like her relationship between her and her husband yeah. it's just so beautiful mm. loved it loved it it was a great book 
So, right. yeah. I need to find another book to read now. So, yeah, that's it. Are you a BKW that you're doing? Okay. So, that's the end of today's show. <laughs> it's so rude. I have a meeting. <laughs> right. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Book Conversations. We hope you've gained benefit from the discussion. If you've enjoyed the episode, remember to like, kusheswad, <laughs> review, comment, and share it with friends and family if you want to feel your love. Book Conversations is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, and several other platforms. Email us your thoughts at bookforsationspod.com gmail.com and let us know what books you want us to check out till next time remember to read i'm keeping all of that in <laughs> 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 <laughs>